You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. So I'm going to go ahead and start um, with what I wanted to talk about today. Um, So first of all, if you're new to my ministry, my name is Matt McMillan. Um, I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All of my books are available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Um, Check them out if you get some time. And um, I also like to point out the fact that I'm not a pastor. I get called Pastor Matt nearly every day. Um, I'm a regular person, just like you. And I believe that is how the gospel was truly meant to be shared and enjoyed and expressed. Just regular people who are figuring out this walk with Jesus and making mistakes, learning, growing, and I think it is unfair to the person who, first of all, is a pastor, that all that pressure gets put on them. So our pastors are not Jesus. The pastor position is simply a leadership role. And as far as the word pastor is concerned, it's only used once in the entire Bible. So we have to stop looking to pastors for the end all be all of all knowledge. You have everything you need for life and godliness inside you. You have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who ultimately ultimately leads you into all truth. He is the spirit of truth. So the, um, the life in Christ is truly meant to be enjoyed uh, casually, casually. It's an easy, freedom, restful life, but we've made it into a work. We've made hierarchies of power. We've um, we've turned a building into a holy place when there is no holy building anymore. Um, so there's so many things that we have to unlearn when it comes to the truth of the gospel. I'm going to cross the street here because somebody's cutting their grass. Um, also, I was listening to my live from the other day and somebody was cutting their grass. I don't know if people are going to be cutting the grass <laughs> when I'm walking through the neighborhood here. So if you can't hear me, I apologize. Now, um, let's talk about fellowship. Fellowship with God. Many people think that they are saved, but they can lose fellowship or break fellowship. Where are we getting this from? Where are we getting the idea that we could somehow break fellowship? Typically, typically. Now, now, 1 John 1, 9 is the go-to chapter. And I'm going to go over that. The word fellowship is used, I think, about 10 times in the New Testament. Fellowship is good. But fellowship and relationship they're not different with God. It's the same thing. So those who want to turn certain things into a work will say you have to do certain things to get back into fellowship with God. What a nightmare. That's worse than Old Testament Judaism. They didn't worry about fellowship with God. They were forgiven once a year at the temple. They didn't worry about forgiveness until the next year. And they never worried about what we have turned our modern day church into a work of you can break fellowship with God by too much sinning. 
You can't. How could you possibly break fellowship with God when you are literally one spirit with him? 1 Corinthians 6, chapters, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17 says, you are one spirit with the Lord. So let's just, let's just present this from the other angle. You sin, you lose fellowship. What does that mean? Do you see it? What does it mean? The Holy Spirit leaves you? And then you got to do something. You got to do some good works. You got to confess. You got to repent so that he'll come back. That would mean he's coming back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to you all day long because you make mistakes all day long. So this notion of you can break fellowship with God is demonic. It is splitting up who you are, which is one with God, and you cannot change that. You cannot change your position with God, which is one. You are one spirit with him. You're like milk and cereal, cereal and milk. They're together, they're separate, yet they're one. Another example is a tea bag. If you put a tea bag in water, the water becomes a tea, the tea becomes a water, two and one, separate yet one. That's your relationship with God in a, a human way of explaining it. But you, when you sin, you're already forgiven. When you sin, you have to deal with your forgiveness. You don't have to deal with losing fellowship. So if we look at the book of 1 John, um, the first chapter, many will use this chapter to say, if you're doing bad stuff, confess in order to receive your fellowship back. That's a works-based righteousness. That is turning a one-time confession of faith, which is what saves you and cleanses you of all unrighteousness. That's why it says all, turn it into a work. Do you see it? So we are not repeatedly confessing in order to receive repeated new fellowship. So what should you do when you sin? You can confess. It's normal. It's healthy. Talk about it. Talk to God about it. He already knows anyway. You can confess to a trusted friend. Um, you can, but you are not repeatedly confessing to repeatedly re-earn some type of fellowship. If you go back up to the beginning of chapter one in first John, now the first chapter of first John is an invitation for sin deniers to admit that they are sinful so that they can join us in fellowship with the father and the son. I think it's verse three. John expresses that. He's in, this is the message we proclaim so that you will have fellowship with us. And then he tells us who we have fellowship with, the Father and the Son. It's the message about hearing that Jesus came in the flesh, that if you're an unbeliever, you're still sinful. And if you will confess or admit that Jesus can and will forgive you, he will cleanse you of all sin all unrighteousness. He cleanses us, says that once, 
but then he says it again and he says all. So we have to read the book of first John, the first chapter in context. This is not for Christians. This is Christians can read it. Christians can know it, but he says, we, that's a soft way of saying you, if we confess our sins, John was a Jew. He receives forgiveness at the temple annually, just like everybody else. He knew that confession never forgave anybody. So it is an invitation to believe and not deceive yourself. If we are saying as an unbeliever, I've never sinned. Sin is not a real thing. You Christians are dumb. No such thing. Jesus didn't come in the flesh. He's dead. These are all the things he was combating. He was combating what was called Gnosticism. I'm not going to go too deep into that because that's a pretty heavy topic for people um, for this walk talk. But the Gnostics did not believe they were sinful. That's why he said you deceive yourself if you don't think you're sinful. That's not a Christian. We've been perfectly cleansed forever. The Gnostics also didn't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. That's why he says, we seen him, we heard him, we touched him. Okay? The Messiah had to be physical. So, seen, heard, touch, came in the flesh. Confess that you are sinful and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It is an invitation for them to join us in fellowship. It is not a repeated confession or a, a, a uh, repeated ongoing work of confession in order to stay forgiven or stay in fellowship. Do you see it? Does that make sense? All right. So, um, what was one other thing I want to talk about? The, um, the fellowship aspect here. Let's say that you did have to do things to get back into fellowship, which you don't. What would you do? Like what? Anything that you list that begins with I is a work. And if it's based on works, it's not based on grace. Romans chapter 11. Grace is the gospel. So when we make mistakes, it is healthy, it is wise, it is good to learn, to mature, to grow. But one thing you never have to worry about is being forgiven again as a Christian that only happens once. You receive that once. And another thing you don't have to worry about is losing fellowship with God or breaking fellowship with God. You're not that powerful, friend. Who do you think you are? With all due respect, who do you think you are that you could possibly do something to break the promise between the Father and the Son, which was made at the cross? The new covenant is based on their promise to each other, not you doing anything. You believed. You were saved. You entered into that fellowship with the Father and the Son, just like John said in the book of 1 John. We profess this message so that our joy may be complete. They want more people to believe, just like I want more people to believe. 
you know, sometimes sometimes I get accused of just trying to make all of my social media ministries and everything that I do too massive. My goals are too big. That's me. I, my joy is complete by more people believing and resting and understanding who they truly are in Christ and this relationship that cannot be broken. So that was John's whole point in the book of 1 John chapter 1 and then Christians are addressed in the beginning of chapter 2. So we got to look at context. And when also I want to make one other uh, note about the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John is a book of contrasts of nature. Contrasts of nature. Contrasts of nature. Unbeliever. Believer. Those who practice sin. Unbeliever. Those who walk in the light. Believer. This is not a prescription for. It is a description of. He is explaining and trying to get this young church to understand. Unbelievers practice sin. They do something ongoingly to get better at. You have a new practice, a new nature. You have a righteous nature. You don't have a sinful nature. The words sinful nature are not in the Bible. There was a mistake in the NIV version, but they've changed it back. Sinful nature is not there. So when you read a verse that says, if you practice, look at the context. If it says you, if you practice sin, he is describing, he is describing the nature, the identity of the Gnostics. Okay. Read first John over again. And when you read this, it's a really short book. When you read first John, read it with the lens of description, not prescription. He's not prescribing something. He's not saying, if you do more of sinning, that's who you are. No, he's saying, you sin naturally, Gnostics. We practice righteousness naturally. You walk in the darkness naturally. We walk in the light naturally. You don't know the word. You don't know the truth. It's not in you. We know the word. We know the truth. We have fellowship. Do you see it? So I hope this has encouraged you guys today. Um, you have nothing to fear in regard to your relationship with God. Don't split it up into relationship, fellowship, or works-based. If it creates pressure for you, it's not from God. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Strive to enter rest. Okay? Um, and be yourself. Always tell the truth about yourself, Christian. What's the truth? You cannot lose fellowship with God. You are interwoven with him supernaturally. And you cannot undo this because of what happened at the cross and the resurrection. You're not that awesome in regard to your actions and attitudes. Now, you are awesome in your identity, but what you do doesn't have the ability to do those things. Rest. Be yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself. Don't put pressure on other people. The only pressure you should be putting on other people is pressure to rest. 
I try to pressure you into resting because I want you to understand that there is nothing you could possibly do to flub up this deal that the father and son has made. The new covenant is the agreement between the father and the son, not you. So always tell the truth about yourself. Always be yourself. And we'll see you next time. Love you guys. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.